welcome welcome to the let's talk crap podcast and today i have a very special guest it's none other than <laughs> my favorite cousin brother varun chandran varun how are you how are you been thank you for having me firstly uh, it's an honor to podcast and gracious introduction as well so um, okay let's cut off the formalities and just get straight <laughs> i know it's the, i know it's the talking crap podcast it's called the dog you know i've been having the last you know whenever i get family and all that stuff i got to be like all you know very nice and all that stuff but i got i got my friends in the last three episodes and we just kept swearing the whole time we start talking about all all kinds of crap and it's like it's like a change you know i get some people and i i talk in a certain way and i get other people and i talk in a totally different way and it's interesting it's quite fascinating actually well hopefully the tone here is going to be insightful adventurous provocative i'm sure it's going to it's going to be provocative i'm sure like you know i've got a lot of questions to ask you and i'm sure you'll come up with provocative answers as well so you know there's no worry in that category i'm happy to be engaged by uh... By, by a fellow family member it's not the first time must be fair <laughs> but this is the first time that you're on a podcast right isn't it like yeah, or have you is. been in a podcast before i'm sure you've been in a podcast before no oh, I, i uh as madonna said you know like a virgin for the very first time quite quintessential uh theme as well the let's talk crap podcast i, I find it fascinating to, to say the least <laughs> yeah every everybody has an opinion about it cuz like why why didn't you just call it let's talk shit like why did you say crap i'm like just google let's talk shit on google you'll find lo- loads of podcasts under that name but surprisingly there's no podcast that has let's talk crap in it So I was like fine let's just go let's just go it's the first thing that came to my mind you know I when I started when I was like thinking about what to name the podcast I was like what do I name it what do I name it I was like thinking about something very fancy or something I'm like nah let's just call it let's talk crap because I like talking crap so let's just call it that and then I just thought okay let's just go with it let's just run with the flow let's see what happens So yeah that's how it went and um, yeah anyways <laughs> you're smiling you're like all right all right let's I, I see that I see that I'm just happy to see I'm not I'm um let's put it this way I'm laughing with you I'm Okay okay All right cool No no I get it I get it I'm just like joking around to I I know I understand So yeah so I mean like, like let's start let's start off like I so how's the pandemic been for you so far like how how's it been like how you been coping up with it like like it's been 2 years right now and you know a lot of stuff has happened due to the pandemic you know there a lot of um loss that's happened around the world you know in india obviously like everybody knows the situation in india i think like where you are li- where you are living in uk they they've handled they've handled it quite well like you know in most i think western societies they've managed to handle it quite well although us is still the number one country with the most number of cases i think india might catch up to them soon but you know it's like the whole world has somewhat changed in a way you know people's moods and attitudes have somewhat changed like i think people have become a little bit more like insecure right now so like how do you feel about the whole the whole world right now like what do you think about it? what do you think about the world we're living in at the moment um 
It's it's a very broad based question, obviously, but to answer it right away, I, I, the one word I'd say is fragile, right? Very fragile. I think I think the linkages in the world have always been fragile. It's just been coded with security, right? So one of the big casualties of of the pandemic is is travel, right? And I always associate travel similar to the boom bust cycles of 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 capitalism, which it was kind of peak travel, right? It was peak travel in the sense that it was very affordable to go places and you could show up very quickly uh, and entertain something, engage in, in another activity and depart very quickly, the same way you came. And I think having that kind of flexibility and freedom with globalization, I think gave this kind of false sense of security where everybody could just do what they want. And it also had obviously many positive outcomes, but there's also a lot of negative uh, outcomes, you know, you know, one thing being, you know, social media and the kind of glitz and glamour associated with, with, with traveling. And, you know, when I visited India and saw you in 2016, you know, I saw a lot of the, well, back then the villagers come to these cities, pollute, take some pictures and leave. And I saw the guys who finished their board exams, pick up the garbage and put it in the, in the, in the, can, in the garbage can, the villagers, right? And it's this newfound freedom that I think everybody was exposed to in the world that's now been not removed, but also gone inwards, right? And hmm. what, what does it mean to be local? You know, when your lockdown perimeter is like two kilometers, as most lockdowns were, it really changes your relationship with how you view the world and the kind of close knit spaces. So the big thing for me is how fragile it's always been. And this has really exposed it to the point where it's like, you don't have the same liberties as you do. You don't have the same uh, proximity in terms of travel. It's, it's forced people to move inwards. And it's obviously, in a way, kind of rewritten the social contract between humans, right? And space and how, how many how many humans can live together in a closed space for that long. So look, it's a tough question to answer, but I think those are some kind of key takeaways um, on kind of the relationship with yourself in the world and obviously how you view yourself in the world, right? And especially in something like a very populous country like India where you know density and access to these networks and communities are very important right and to see those scenes in India where people were walking back home you know on foot uh, to go back because there was no work I mean it, it really changes the whole concept of of you know how fragile things can be and and and, and turn and so yeah. but it's a tough question that I think those are kind of some of the big ones I've thought about. You know, uh, the funny thing is like, I mean, I don't know, like when the when the pandemic started, like people thought it was going to be something like, you know, a one month sort of thing. And then after some time, people realized that they just like, you know, it's just spreading and spreading and spreading, you know, and in, in India, like, you know, due to politics and, you know, politicians trying to get, um, you know, famous or like trying to like, pull their you know you know use it as like a campaign strategy to like say that 
you know we're going to roll out the first we are going to be the party that goes, that's going to come out and roll out the vaccines and we've got everybody safe and secure and stuff like that and people sort of trusting the government uh, you know you know from every class of society like you know whether you take somebody from like the highest rungs in society or somebody from like the lowest rungs of society as you mentioned the laborers who got stuck as they were like trying to travel back to their hometowns and stuff like that so i mean it's like you know the the trust in government is gone they keep its trust in like you know institutions and you know things like that like the government it's like whatever the government says now it's more or less like irrelevant now you know because people have seen like the reality of what's of you know of what what the politicians say and what actually happens and that's the unfortunate part about all of this that people don't really like in india like, the biggest problem is that people don't have like a lot of people are uneducated there's so many people that are so uneducated they don't have the um the power they don't have the like you know people talk about equity right so they don't have the equity to deal with uh like you know with powerful people or powerful institutions or any of that kind of stuff it's not it's not easy so like it's been tough for so many people and like to witness that like when like as an indian citizen like uh, fortunately for me like i can always like i always have the option to like take up a new job i can like get a, like right now i've been working for like you know it's been like almost like 5 months now i've been working at a job all thanks to you by the way all the inspirational talk that you've been giving me so far like you know before that now but like uh, yeah yeah but like it's been it's it's a fortunate thing I, i'm quite fortunate in that because that, that i can i can get a job if i wanted to and i can work you know it's more about like trying to figure out what i like to do which is like a very privileged and blessed place to be but i know that it's not the same for so many people you know in my country at least like you know it's not the same at all people are like struggling every day you walk around you see people scared frightened and anxious and stuff like that so it's it's a it's a huge problem that people are trying to deal with and nobody knows how to do it actually you know it's very difficult and yeah it's been it's been quite tough and yeah it's like even to this date you know people keep you know people just you know people blindly believe in what people what you know uh, people in power position people who are in positions of power like you know politicians and stuff talk about um you know like how they're going to like solve the whole crisis in the next month and the next month comes and it doesn't happen and the next month comes and it doesn't happen again it just keeps going on and on so nobody has a clue of when things are going to get better even the company that i work for it's a multinational corporation um and we still don't even know whether we're going to like people people are going to come to come and work in office we still don't have a clue about it you know people are still like people are working from home like you know it's like it's the same thing so yeah it's it's a crazy thing i mean that's that's just how it is but how is like how is the city, how is it in london like how is it there like how is it for you there so yeah just a few points on your earlier comments this is what i was referring to on the on the social contract right the the kind of relationship that you have to you know existing kind of modes of conduct with the government and how you live and breathe space with communities have fundamentally changed now right and so what's the goal right you pay you get a job you pay taxes and you you get certain benefits which is liberty and access now that's been removed so that contract changes i mean of course we're very privileged that you know we we we've still got a job and stuff we're not exposed um we can work from home but that's the point i was trying to stress is that 
So if the contracts change now, that if you're not getting the same um, reciprocal values for your contract with government and the community, then then all of that really gets reshaped, right? And so if my liberties take are taken away in exchange for X, Y, and Z outcomes. And if those outcomes are matched, then technically the liberty should be given back to me, right? That's the temporary contract. And what I'm getting to is, is basically that. So in, in, in London versus the UK, London, I mean, London is like a little microcosm of its own values and, and it's so multicultural, it's so diverse. It's its own country in a sense. It's, it's, it's almost like it's like it, it's almost comparing two separate countries, London versus the rest of the UK. Because, you know, in my experience here, my limited experience here, in the three years I have been here with Brexit, it's really kind of shown where the where the power spectrum is. And the, the southern half of England basically supports the north. I mean, if you if you break it down, GDP per capita in the UK is 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 quite low comparatively if you actually break it down into the into the actual provinces the north is not very well off um and so you get this bigger discrepancy and so when the lockdown came there was these regional arguments about how much liberties you're going to take away from those respective uh you know boroughs or uh, for example liverpool or manchester manchester is the third biggest city in the UK, Birmingham second. So you had all these fights about who should get what. And you know, business and money talks, obviously London, they were like, we need to open up. But the most interesting thing, dilemma is that, again, it was these metrics that were proposed that once they're met, you know, you get your liberties back. But it's obviously hard to project these things, as you say, it's, it's exponential and seasonal. There's so many factors. Um, so it was a very, it was very intense and it was, it was, it was obviously bungled some, you would say the government's response, you know, and it went, it went quickly from, we'll kind of deal with it, let it come and ease. And then it went into a sudden shock and then it went into this hard lockdown. And then we went through the first tier and then the summer came and they opened it up last summer, right? And it was a relief and, you know, it was, it was good. And then by October, it was like, okay, you know, the cycle came back and it was basically locked down again. Um, that's obviously without the vaccine, right? So it was a very tough winter. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, winter, it was cold, it was lockdown, you know, families couldn't see each other. I couldn't leave the country. Um, but again, very fortunate and humble still to be, you know, no medical issues, no pre-existing conditions, you know, still got to work. But, um, you know, you kind of go into in, inside and you, I became a bit of a robot. I became, you know, tried to be ultra productive with the time. You know, I try and did what I can, but you get burnt out, right? But I actually picked up some very good habits like uh, stretching, a bit of yoga in the morning, physical, I, I, I work out anyways, but just the daily kind of do the 15, 20 minutes. Um, I was completely sober too, for a good, almost seven weeks. Um, so 
it was pretty productive in that sense, but it was also I didn't get it was there was a bit of soul searching and you know understanding your place in the world, uh, but it wasn't catastrophic, right? And I think I've gone through some personal experiences that kind of built resilience and character, and so that's what kind of came through, you know. And and um, so I, fast forward now, and it's you know it's completely open now. The vaccination metrics are hit, and it's gone back to a very pro-business approach, which is um, you know business as normal because the uptick has been high. And there is a bit of concern on this, the variants and the the young population, but you have to make the point now that you know whoever's going to get infected with the variant is going to be vaccinated. So it's it's not the point where you say, oh, the vaccinations aren't working. It's just no that a large subset of the population have been vaccinated. So obviously the stats are going to show that you know vaccinated people are getting infected because. That's the norm now because 75% of the UK is vaccinated. So I'm very relieved that it's fully liberalized and open. But you know, I'm a, I'm a proponent proponent of free will. The trade-off of you know young people sacrificing for the older generation is a tough one because if you look at our generation, this is probably apart from financial crisis, but I've seen I've already seen almost two major financial crises since I graduated. And I graduated in 08. So that was that was a terrible time to graduate. There's no jobs. There's nothing. It was terrible. So I feel feel for the youth today, but structurally speaking, this one's way worse, right? Because it's affected a broader section of the of the economy. But life is pretty much normal here, and so that's a relief. Also, very fortunate that for all the bungling I was talking about, you know, the UK has kind of come come up ahead and. There's lots of it. There's lots of um, outlier risk, right? There's the variant risk. There's the seasonal factor. There's uh, the youth uptake. There is uh, the tourism being opened. Um, but look, for all in all, like looking back at it, I mean, the UK compared to the vaccine dilemma in the EU, where supply chain issues, the UK did a very forward thinking. If you want to talk business, they invested in local companies. Partnered with institutions like Oxford and developed this vaccine. We need more AstraZeneca, not less, right? Because it's a cheap, affordable thing, and that's the last kind of issue for me is 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 distribution of this thing. Um, and well, look, you can talk about the vaccine and 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 your free will. I'm I'm I just got double vaccinated, but again, it's not my free will. So let's just be clear. It's it's it is your hand is forced. Because if you if you if you choose not to do it, if you were a proponent of the West and fully believe that free will is is part of this of this of of the contract, the social contract I was telling you about, that trade-off doesn't work anymore. Because the social contract now is is you are part of this um, experiment. Because it is that's what it is. It's rushed to market, and at the end of the day, you will be treated like a leper if you don't take it. So it's a very difficult. It's a very difficult position. My life is okay because I'm not. I've I I've made that trade-off. Um, but for people who haven't here in the UK, I think, and it's very similar to the EU. People are going to be uh, very much discriminated on. I mean, to the point where you can't enter a cinema or a cafe, or um, you can't go to a concert. You definitely can't travel. 
So, you know, those are the trade-offs people are doing here. But to answer your question as a whole, looking at other countries and the rollout, I mean, no much to complain, really. Very fortunate, you know, and I think very, ha- very fortunate and happy that, um, you know, they kind of made it. But who knows? Like, again, I, I honestly do think it's a seasonal thing. And, and last point I'll make is that actually the UK legally hasn't taken out the possibility that they can reinforce another lockdown. So they have that Joker card, so to say. You can actually tag, uh, you can tag the uh, Indians for providing you a new variant to deal with. <laughs> it's like... That's the case. I, I really do. I don't know. And the other thing, that's a good point you mentioned. The other thing is like, you're talking about governments and, and information. I think data and the access to it, it's so opaque. It's very hard to read. It's not shared. Uh, you know, an interesting thing, if you want to go data-centric approach, which is where most Western economies have focused on, right, with the vaccine, then share the data, share it. It's a bottom-up approach. This is a top-down approach, like, so if you scream, people are dying every day, what is that in relative context to, right? What is that relative to the normal death rate? What is that the relative association with people who are going to ER and cancer? You've got to put it in perspective because scaremongering and fear tactics now is a huge issue and privacy for the individual is a major issue now you look at what happened in the u.s after 9-11 the patriot act right the government has enforceability for wiretaps national security agency surveillance and stuff like that like it's yes the surveillance state to me is, 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 is is this is a great excuse for for government actors to turn up the dial right just to squeeze to squeeze this out and if you're going to go with data centric approach to this then release it all that's the trade-off if you're already capturing it then release those those stats in the hospitals release who's getting infected and so people know what's going on but obviously there are political angles associated to it and it's, it's to state actors to keep it closed off right the other example i'll give you is israel israel has traded off all their uh, all their citizens' data to Pfizer to get it first. Now it's anonymous. It's anonymous, so they don't they don't give you any personal information. But I mean, to me, that's that's quite crazy. Like that the state has transferred rights to the medical. Obviously, it's a good deal for them because they get the vaccine first. Um. So all in all, I mean, it's not bad, but obviously with the way things have worked out, there's obviously a certain sense of trepidation for the winter and what's what's going to happen, right? And I think it doesn't seem to end, you know? You look at Israel, Israel is probably the closest analogy I'd give to the UK because uh, have high vaccination uptake. It's been very similar in terms of the, the curve up and down. And yeah, I think they have the stat for being the country that has had the most vaccinations of any country, right? Like, well, yeah, the world, I mean, there's, there's, there's chat about, you know, the, the uptake, etc. Our cases have been going down, interestingly enough. Uh, but there's, there's again, keep in mind, like, there's a lot of orthodox communities there, very religious communities that don't take it, right? And this new variant is much more transmissible. So, 
the way governments have packaged it and presented to the public, I think, has been a real, real disaster. And I think it's broadened the internet is already polarizing, but they could have handled that much better to to put it in context, right? And that, I'll give you another thing to defend that: the estimates for the UK were outrageous. They were outrageous. They were saying there's going to be hundred thousand cases if you open up the economy and you open up things. Completely wrong, and and then the scientific commission apologized, and they were like, "We're sorry, our estimates are way off." But they should release those models. They should release all the data, and let people make up their mind. But look, it's a complex issue. I'm not. I don't have a. I don't have a side on it. I'm just saying, if this is going to be the trade-off in the future, then life and the contract should be much more transparent. You know. I have a slightly uh, controversial question to ask with relation to this, but I'm not sure. Like in the sense, like in India, like there's a lot of discussion about how people are like you know forging numbers to show that the cases are much lesser than what they actually are, and yeah. you know you there's there's news about how in China like the numbers are like you know drast like you know just like stupendously low like you know it's like. They have something like less than a hundred thousand cases, or something like some crazy number like that. Uh, you know, it's insane. Like you know, I mean, in a country like that's one point three billion people, so almost the size of India. That's like you know, not maybe probably maybe slightly richer than India, or maybe you know, in terms of per capita at least. Uh, it's like you know, for them to have so many less number of cases is insane. And you know the fact. I mean, there's. I mean, there's this conversation that people, I guess, are too scared on, or, or you know, to have because like they don't want to like ruffle people's feathers up and ask the most uh, you know obvious question. Like, are people you know forging the numbers? Is is there a is there a is like you know are people trying to use this as like a, a sort of you know um, like you know a sort of like you know attack to you know attack on other countries and attack on other people and. Try to try to try to show that their cultures and you know their way of dealing with things are much better and much more efficient and stuff like that. You know, are people scared of of that? And you think that is that's happening? You think that's you think that's going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the point I was trying to make earlier. Like data opacity. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were making that point. Yeah, governments yeah. presented is all. It's it's always been a tool, right? It's it's real warfare. No, it's uh, it's always been. In state actors' interest to 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 have a sense of control over populations, right? And this is another tool to do that. And and the cultural divide for me is a big factor here,、um, especially when you look at the East and the West, right? So the so the East they have a collectivist mindset, right? So just for example, wearing masks in Eastern countries is the norm. You go there, people on the train, they generally wear masks not because They are. It's COVID, or particularly because they've been exposed to multiple.、Uh, But、exposure. I would like. I would sort of say that that's that phenomenon is usually in East Asian countries.、That's、like it's about, yeah. East, right? yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the East, where they've worn this as a sign of courteous gratitude to 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 the general public, right? And so that's like a behavioral thing. But you look at the West, it's like a freedom thing. You're taking off my liberties, you know. And so this collectivist, individualistic. Issue is, I think, it's been a huge, huge debate in the West versus the East because a very flexible country like Japan 
they listen and they listen to the rules and they follow it. But again, that argument is not making sense because right now what's happening in Japan is it's it's getting out of control. So so that actually contradicts what I'm trying to say because <laughs> earlier yeah. earlier if you look at it like the East Asians they did really well and um sorry about that. No problem. Friday night, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you got that's why that's why I did it on Friday, bro. Like I knew like there's no other day I can catch you because I've got like work the whole time. Um, like, Friday, so, so yeah, but the thing is like the East Asian countries they uh, locked down quickly, they tested aggressively, they wore masks, they listened, and the, and the cases crumble, right? Uh, or so they say, right? We'll never know because to answer your question, we'll never know what state actors are doing. There's always an illicit interest. Um, to kind but, of get but why do you think down. why do you think people are so scared about just talking about it like people don't seem to even be saying anything about it at all like you know people always like say i've i've heard like and especially like my favorite news channels in in america like cnn and fox news and stuff like when you listen to them it's like it's mostly like one channel bashing the other channel and there's no real news that comes out of it basically and uh, you know like so it's like you know they're they spend so much time like you know uh, you know talking about how you know other countries are like you know forging numbers and how like you know they've not done it properly we like you know they're not vaccinated people we don't even know whether they've done anything properly and you know you know we've done the most number of vaccine and our figures are right you know whereas like you look at countries like other countries i think the there are countries that don't even talk about it but they've done a very good job like new zealand for example like you know I, they don't even points they're all culturally related and they're all kind of part of this bigger picture of your relationship to the state right so in the west people question those libertarian values like you're taking off my freedom you're making me wear a mask mm-hmm. you're restricting my right to uh free will free, spe- right? free speech the, the asians the asians are looking at more like hey we do x y and z in in a relates to this bigger outcome but to answer your question i mean generally people are not used to questioning the integrity of authority right it's 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 hammered home to understand and and be within your realm you're not going to be challenging answers right there's a lot of thinkers who are plagued with the fact that they're always thinking right they're always thinking they need to shut off the brain but Idol Alcocha Aristotle which is very interesting Aristotle said it's the mark of an educated man to entertain a thought not just entertain it yeah but, but but the thing is like you look at the internet now you look at uh, surveillance you look at how people are controlling those thoughts it's very difficult because if i type in something on the internet the internet just gives me back what i want to know it's not going to give me a contradictory opinion So then this this vicious loop keeps going on. So you're not going to challenge anything. You're not going to think you're not going to think critically, right? And look at China, that's what that's what they do. They just hammer home and they restrict it. So your mode of thinking it becomes pretty much what they want you to think, right? And it's it's always been the case with dictators or uh many many forms of state control what even even normal relationships with general people like you don't tell everything all the time 
That's not. You always that, we keep things. You're not in. lying. Hmm. You're not lying, but you're conveniently holding things back, right? So, this is what I was trying to say earlier. The the framing is very important, right? Again, relative number to deaths and vaccines. Like, what is the relationship? You can't be like, oh, we've we vaccinated X, Y, and Z people, but like. Like you look at the U.S., like there's a huge section of you know non-vaccinated people and who refuse to take it. In France, it's one of the highest. The U.K. is a very high non-vaccine community, as it like opposed to it, especially in France. You know, and they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you those stats. The lockdown mm. protests in Europe,、uh, for example, like the BBC and other other news networks, they didn't cover it as much. Why? Again, because the states like lockdown is good. Lockdown is going to lead to outcomes. In the in the whole th- on the scheme of things, a lot of people have looked at it and they've weighed the efficacy of it, and it's it's hit or miss. Like even the masks are hit or miss. Like they don't. There's no conclusive evidence. There's multiple reports and there's different theories. But that's what you said earlier. Like no, there's no clear cut answer. So fine, you can try different approaches. I'm all for it. But to me. You know, people have tried it and they've got mixed results. For example, again, I don't know if it's true, but in fully true, but in like、um, what's it called,、um, Texas, right, and Florida, right, the cases have been maybe it's changing now with the variant, but for the most part, the last time I checked, they've been fully open and it's not like mortality is not through the roof and cases aren't through the roof. Now that could change now. I haven't checked recently because I actually just stopped following it. I just, I just, I can't. Like, it's just too much. Like, I can't just, keep following. The there's just too much. There's just too much misinformation going around, you know. And I, you know, when you when you brought up the example of Texas, and、uh, all right,、um, Varun's just stepped out because I think somebody's at his door. I'm here. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So I think when you when you came up with the example of Texas and Florida, right? It's like it's like talking about that, like you know, the state that I live in, which is in Kerala. And the state right next to us, which is like I don't know, you 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 probably you've heard of Tamil Nadu, right? The state right next to us. No, like, you know. No, I no, I know you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I believe、oh, that you will know. But like the state right next to us,、um, it's like talking about、yeah. those states, you know. It's like the south, and it's like you know,、yeah. what do you say? Like we haven't handled the crisis like well here in the south, especially like. You know,、uh, we we did. You know, our state was like doing so well in the starting, and now we're like <laughs> now we're like the worst state for coronavirus case. Yeah, we're the worst. We're like Flor. Kerala's like Florida. That's the thing. That's the takeaway from this podcast. Kerala's like for Florida, and、uh, we're doing we're doing pretty badly. And we had a liberal attitude to it, to it all. Yeah, but we're a we're a communist society. We're so left leaning. To the point where people are like, let's not do business only in the first place. You know, that's that's that's, yeah, that's, it's dude, it's like insane. Anyways, so anyway, let's let's change the topic because like we've we've already spoken a lot about you know、uh, like very like deep stuff and all that like that I have no qualifications for in the first place. <laughs> no, neither do I. Let's be clear. I mean, I think those are just interesting, interesting aspects. Yeah, yeah. Obviously,、But、something. It's just ongoing in our life. I think I think it's just something that's ever evolving, you know, and just like keep changing, and you know, we don't even know where the trajectory is going to lead us to in the end, frankly. But like, let's、uh, switching nobody, gears. Nobody knows. Then that's the thing. Nobody really knows. 
anyway. Uh, and uh, that's what I really love also. Like people think everybody knows something about it, but they really don't. Nobody has a clue. <laughs> but like, uh, let's switching gears. Like you know, I just recently yeah. found out that you play cricket. How is like I just like I just found out like I I don't know I was like uh, you know I think my like my my dad told me that you play no, cricket, I don't play cricket right now, like but, but you used to in... yeah so I was uh, I was fortunate to be a very uh, I was told uh, talented batsman so I used to open the batting uh, and I made the senior team as a junior so uh, I was. Um, the stroke and stuff was very elegant i i was told i had a very good technique um and so thank you thankfully to my parents who who, who sent me for cricket lessons growing up but i got to train with the guy the ex pakistani coach at sharjah stadium as well wow uh ex pakistani coach yeah there's like a bunch of ex pakistani coaches i know there's so many but uh a famous famous guy that was the unis the ex unis coach or mohammed you you mohammed unis i'm not sure mohammed was it mohammed unis i think it might have been <laughs> you know that's like a very that's like a very generalized way of saying you know okay if he's a pakistani he's probably going to be mohammed <laughs> i don't know which one which which coach i forget but he, he was a famous coach in and we went to Uh, I made a mistake. I made a mistake, you know, because I keep, like, you know, you know, saying controversial stuff, and people keep replying to me saying, "Why did you say this?" <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't no know. Idea. There's too many Mohammeds. Maybe it's Mushtaq Mohammed, Mohammed Masroor. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, one uh, of them, basically. Yeah. One of them, and then I got to to train with them in Sharjah. I went to India, Pakistan, and Sharjah. Which was cool, and, but funny you mention it because I was really into it. Gray Nichols was my bat. Love Gray Nichols. Gray Nichols guy. Um, A very classic. <laughs> classic, classic guy. Classic. Uh, and it did me well, and then I and then I just dropped it. It just completely just dropped out of my life, and didn't follow the sport, didn't play it obviously, so it just kind of just stopped. Which, But um, I mean, I think like when when you met my sister and her friend, right in London, like I think you just come back from a cricket from a cricket game or something like that, right? Wasn't it? Because that's what my dad was telling me, like you know that you did you even recently you did play it. But I'm not sure. Is that true? Yeah. So 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 I played after like God, man, it must be like last time I played was when I was. 12 13 yeah wow. so it was late after like 20 years <laughs> but uh, like what it... hmm. my friend my friend plays in this little summer league and they were short of players and he said come play and i still had it i still still kept the wow. batting like i didn't i got um i got run out but it was confusion it wasn't my mistake it was the other guy who called <laughs> sorry everybody says <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. What I'm, that's what I'm gonna go with. 
It's like when you get out, just blame the other person. <laughs> I think that 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 was uh, that was the time I met your sister. Okay. Hmm. I come back from like a yeah, just a little test. Uh, that's that's a, I mean I. I, I like, I'd love I it's been like I think a couple of months since I played cricket like the last time I played cricket was like in I think it was in Jan or something and I, like like I have friends here who like I keep playing with and all like if if the lockdown was not there you know we I probably be doing I probably be playing some sport I don't know which one but I think it would be the cricket badminton or football or something like that but you know now it's like you ask somebody like okay you ask somebody let's just go out let's just go out and just play something and people are so like people are quite scared quite scared you know that you ask them and they'll be like dude uh, you know why don't we just do it some other day you know it's <laughs> like you only have one life to live let's just live it <laughs> yeah i mean i'll well, i'll be fully honest with you i've i've suffered a major accident actually um, mm. and i i actually yeah you know i'll show it to you but you won't see it but look Whoa, what happened there? So, yeah, it's the first time I've been majorly injured and I'm, you know, I'm very active. Uh, but I I started playing more tennis, much more tennis. I refined the tennis game and I played obviously, you know, TT as well, but more tennis since 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 uh, the 30s. Less football too because football got, you know, a lot of injuries. But for the first time, like this was a bad accident. where i actually uh fell off my bike and the pedal crashed into my left leg and then it cut my achilles oh yeah, my like, god that sounds yeah. so painful and like oh. um it was, it was a bad bad fall but it was it was a mis- it was a stupid mistake you know it happened on moving day and basically bad luck too because the bike pedal well i wasn't even going fast it just a wearing sandals because i packed everything oh right side slipped and then i fell off and then the bike or still attached to the bike and the bike came at the back oh that that must have been a lot and that must have been a lot well it wasn't like don't think of the achilles right at the bottom so it was like a little higher so that's what saved the pain uh but it did okay. clip it of course it was painful okay. but it did clip it and then you know i had to have surgery for it because they couldn't do a cast so they had to have surgery so they took this testicles and i had to go to the public health care system here which was the nhs there. is i mean the nhs the is NHS, known for it right nhs but the waiting times are insane right so i had to wait four and a half hours bloodied and i was very nervous about surgery and they did it and basically all went well so it's healing well but this this injury is particularly painful because it's basically learning to walk again right so now i can walk without crutches i'm still in this boot but you take the simple things for granted you know like running i'm not going to be able to run till probably the new year you know you know just not even jog probably i'll probably be walking by walking in a shoe by like i think mid september comfortably mm. but like any sports like i'm looking at a long recovery and who knows you know i'm not a i'm not a super competitive person but you like to play to the best of your abilities right and and it keeps you know, your mind it keeps yourself distracted keep keep your mind distracted also you know? myself yeah that's the and that's, i mean uh, yeah 
but I look, all I'll say is like, it's taught me another huge life lesson. You know, you got to stay zen, you got to stay patient and don't think, don't take things for granted, you know, simple things. True. It was really hard. It, it, and it's in the summer too, and it's the end of lockdown. So you can see how, um, yeah, it was very difficult to take, but, uh, look, no complications and it's going well and you know, everything's fine and my healing is going well. And, and that's all you can ask for, you know. So I got the physio, I got the medicine ball, I do the exercise. Oh, that's nice. I got bands. I'm trying to work it, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's still this. <laughs> In you gotta get up and you gotta keep changing it every day, is it? Like every day you gotta take it off and then put it back and then you gotta clean it. Well, I can't then... walk. I can't walk without it. Uh... I can walk uncomfortably with it, but I can't like walk without it. So I I I need a stool for the shower and stuff. Yeah. It's like anyways, just to let you know on the <laughs> So that's basically it. I don't want to waste your podcast on this. When but... when you when you like said when you showed me the cast, I was like, okay, so you're not gonna be playing sports anytime now. So I was like, okay, cool. I thought maybe so you'd be the cast is gone. Is huh. so I take off, I can take off this boot, which is fine. So I take off the boot and do the exercises. Hmm. But uh, and so eventually there's there's heels in the boot right that are pointed down because the back end of your heel needs to tight the tendon needs to tight and then it'll go slowly straight so right now it's like there there's only two left by the end of august it should be flat so i should be walking flat and then you know move out of this because the risk of re-rupture is quite high because Here's the here's the takeaway on sports and injuries. It's better to break a bone than a lig- than tear a ligament because it's just so tricky, right? It's better to break a bone. The ligament it's very complicated. It takes a long time to heal, so it, it'll just take three months to tighten. But then don't forget, my left calf muscle is gone to mush. It's, mm. it's like I'm looking at it and it's like it's like well, it's like half of my other leg. And it'll go to even further because you're not using any muscle. This, imagine the tendon, your Achilles tendon is the most powerful tendon in your body. It controls all your body weight, jumping, running. It's it's crippling. It's the athlete's worst injury. You know, Kobe Bryant, David Beckham, recently Kevin Durant uh, in basketball. You know, I've been following what they do, but obviously they're, you know, millionaire superstars. They do crazy rehab. But Kobe Bryant came back in eight months which is Kobe Bryant rest in peace rest in peace <laughs> the, the great rest one peace, yeah. he was my legend man yeah but anyways but it's really good it's really, you know it's really good to look at sports and look at look at how they push themselves and dedicate themselves it's very motivational you know my 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 favorite quote like my favorite motive like my favorite quote that any sports person has ever said right is michael jordan's quote you know where he says like i've taken something like i've taken over a thousand shots in my life and you know you some shots you don't take uh, no 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 he said something like i've taken so i've taken x number of shots i've taken like around thousand let me get the quote up because that quote is like just uh, one second michael jordan I can't believe I forgot the quote. You know that's. I mean, one quote I know is you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Um... Yeah, I've missed. Okay, it's um, I've missed. Uh, what is it? Come on, my stupid internet. All right. Yeah. So this is a quote. I've missed more than nine thousand shots in my career. 
I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been uh, trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life and, and that is why I succeed. Yeah, that's yeah, great code. It's great. It's a, it's just an amazing code, you know. It's like it puts into it, 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 it and and this is what I was trying to say like all these things, you know, you got it's it's and you know my life is basically it was initially for the month it was going to the hospital and stuff and it's pretty depressing, right? But it's how you react to these situations like mm. in sports too. It's how you react to it. It's how you you know you got to swallow the pride, you got to get back to work every day step by step, build, build and when your chance comes to execute, you're there, right? There's another lovely quote I like by Lewis Pastor. Chance favors the prepared. Mm. you know and and so you have to be ready once to execute but at the same time you know you got to you got to deconstruct problems where you can't just keep stressing like when will I walk when will I walk no you deconstruct it you do this this and this you'll get here then you do that that and that you'll get here then you're much less stressed out about it right so each little thing like each wedge that comes out each mobility factor each push i do every day that goes deeper it's a good thing you know you can only focus on yourself and if you wake up every day thinking i'm going to be better on that day for you that's what you can control and that's what and it's 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 a, it's a massive life lesson for me and you I know want, I want, uh, you know there's there's, there's something Yeah, there's something else that I've heard, like you know, that's like that's like pushing me a lot these days. Which is that it's I don't know the exact quote, but it's basically like it's I'm sort of paraphrasing the quote essentially, but it's basically like this. It's like whenever you're in an uncomfortable situation, that's probably a good thing for you, because like you know, there's only one way to go up from there, which is on top. When you're in a good situation, there's only one way to go, which is down. So never be never be happy with wherever you are always like you know you know be alert and stay aware so like when you when you're in a tough when you're going through so much of crap like you know you're listening to people say things about you you know some of it are not true but you know some of it is like pre assumed and like you hear all the stuff you hear all the negativity and you're like you know why why can't why isn't this just getting better like why 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 do people say this about me but you know then you just stop and think for a minute and then you realize that you know if i just like don't respond or if i just like accept like you know this is what people will say and people are going to say stuff and you know i just i have to just learn to live with it and just do my work the best way i can at some point i'll succeed you know so it sort of comes back to michael jordan's quote every time i hear that you know, you don't have to be like a basketball uh, fan or anything to like understand that quote because it's like it's pretty obvious like you know you take shots or whatever and stuff but i mean that's I would say that's... one thing about ambition though i read a very interesting article about ambition it's it's, it's kind of like a double edged sword because there's a lot of people that you hear you know you only hear about successful people right you don't hear about all the other people that probably had the same talent and luck but still didn't make it right and that list is way way longer than what you hear about right so it's a double edged sword only because people strive to get you know whatever it is x y and z 
money, power, respect, that whatever, whatever it is that fits your definition. But sometimes they never get it due to many, many things and they just ruin their lives chasing it. But like, as you get older, not like older, like our, us older, 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 obviously the probabilities of getting to that are much lower. So you kind of just like live life and be like, I, I don't have a monkey on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And with the way things are working now, it's just like, you got people in their youth, you know, there's this movement in the US in financial services called the FIRE movement, mm-hmm. called financially independent, retire early. What these Gen Z early millennials are doing is that they're sacrificing all the fun in their lives. They're eating cup noodles. They save everything in their 20s, right? They save everything. They, stay, they, they just have no life. So they can have lots of money down the road and, and leave the rat race or do whatever you want. But to me, I'm like, you know, that's such a, that's just a massive trade-off to, to give up experiences. And, you know, there's, there's a certain point where there's diminishing returns, right? And so and I think that's what ambition is. Um, and athletes who, who dedicate their lives to, you know, kudos to them because not everybody makes it to the NBA or like to the top tier. And there's a lot of people who just fail, but you got to give something for putting what you say, you know, kind of execution to that goal and, and finishing it. But at the same time, having the judgment or, you know, being balanced enough to be like, you know what, it's fine. And let me move on to something, something else. You no. Know? And I think that's why this problem of retirement in the West is a major issue versus the East. And, you know, in, in India, you put you put you, uh, you put older people. They don't you don't pack them up in retirement homes. You live together with them, right? The concept of retirement in Asia isn't like, oh, I finished work and now I have nothing to do and I'm going to waste away. You know, the concept in like uh, Asia, like in Japan, is like you're always going to be working. Maybe you're going to be doing less, but you're always active you're always contributing it's not i think like, yeah in in the east i mean I, I i can't speak for the east like i don't think cause, uh, yeah but i can speak for like india like in general like what happens in our countries like the more older you get the more you tend to look towards your 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 children and you start sort of like i mean it's a very sure. yeah like as you mentioned it's a collectivist sort of mentality where the more older you get the more you look towards your children to like help you uh towards the end of your life so you kind of like look look at them and be like all right i've helped you this much i've you know i've gotten you up to this point and now you know i guess it's time for you to take care of me and like it's not because of some kind of trans it's not a transactional thing but it's just that you know like it's just out of love and i guess yeah, like my point is just on the ambition yeah yeah i know i know i get i, I understand what he said i understand what he said so yeah so yeah anyways um so let's I, I have another question i wanted to ask you there's like this question so it's, it's a very serious question okay <laughs> don't like all right <laughs> but the question is like this i mean i don't know i mean i can I guess you could say it's a serious question but it's like the it's like it's this it's like what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned after like you know you've been you worked in like you've done investment banking you've done commodities trading trading sorry and and now you now you're part of a fintech company uh what's the biggest lesson that you've learned like you know uh, after all like after working in in these different um 
in these different companies and in these different sectors you could say like what is the biggest thing that you've learned like you know uh, that's come out of you from these things um i haven't worked in investment banking um I, i've worked in functions related to investment banking okay. like sales and but i haven't worked for an investment bank per se but um um the big thing for me is being uh kind of uh resilient to change and being ma- uh malleable you know flexible in terms of thing understanding that things are changing moving moving really quickly and you have the kind of core skill set skill set but you look at other things to to latch on whether if it's soft skills or hard skills and quickly pivot and move and execute right and it, you could be wrong in that but you got to be open to being uh kind of resilient to change because this is coming and it's obviously coming at such a pace now that you you just constantly have to be open to uh that and you have to build a kind of resilience for setbacks right so same thing what we were talking about earlier you know looking at setbacks how you view it i think those are the ones that have helped me the most because you know and obviously in my business sales and trading it's a dying industry right it's automated the regulations are really high you know nobody can make the money it's not the 80s where you know you it was it, you 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 could do a lot it's very difficult to make money in markets now very difficult right it's all algos and computers and so those so um well i mean there's blind luck obviously there's blind luck in in financial markets as well like like cryptos right time right place you can you can do it but the the thing is like you you just have to be resilient about understanding if you have to scratch, start from scratch uh just start from scratch again then then so be it it's it's but you got to pull the plug you know i mean you can't just be stuck unhappy and doing something that will eventually lead to bigger problems down the road so i think taking not a risk but like a calculated kind of move when things aren't going um and execute on that is probably the biggest thing i've learned to be nimble and flexible to do that and it's a very difficult thing to learn because you kind of have to go through it the hard way i give you the example 2008 There were no jobs nobody came to my school nothing it was dead it was, it was probably like the worst time to work in like 30 40 years like for 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 a youth like cuz like the dot com was was bad but this was structurally bad you know yeah it was the worst crash the whole world million job losses a month in north america You know, and it was particularly related to finance, which is where I was going to work. Not that I wanted to work in finance. Don't even get me wrong. I I didn't want to work in finance. My interests are in international development and emerging markets and growth and development in finance. I mean, that's what I'm particularly interested in. But obviously, it's easier to to approach the public sector by the private sector. And, and you know, I got into financial markets and portfolios through games more or less like in my senior year and junior year I tried all these mock portfolios and I enjoyed it I as a just dynamic job uh and that's another point because it, you have to be dynamic in that industry 
reacting to market data, reacting to world shifts, understanding, entering the positions, exiting positions. They all have to be done very quick, but they also have to be calculated and you have to, if things go wrong, you have to cut the position, you take a loss and you move on. You can't, you can't be stuck with it, right? So that's the same analogy to, 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 to life, right? And I think it's very hard to cut those things. It's very, very hard. But so those, those are the kind of big things. And so again, if you hustle hard enough, I think, I think it's possible, but you gotta, you gotta, again, again, you got to deconstruct what I'm saying to those little problems. That's a very hard skill. A lot of people in your, you're in a bad position. You just stress out. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Complex things that you, all you do is stress out. But if you look back, break it down into many problems, focusing on those one step at a time and you, you get ahead. And that, that, that's not an easy, it's easy for me to just say it, but I've had to go through the hard experience of doing it. Yeah, so, that's that's my biggest takeaway. Like building resilience, I'm gonna try to do that. You know, I we mean, already like, have. Anyways. We already have. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's it's you so easy. It. You came out of it, and that's good. I mean, I yeah, mean, I mean, it's it's something that's like you know, I'm trying to learn more about because I was terrible at like doing that. You know, I was really bad, and I I've always been this guy who's always been. Let's be fair. It's not something you are born like it's not a talent like it's always acquired and that's the problem with it some people acquire quicker and they're better but some people take longer but it's an acquired skill it's not something you know unless you know of course the nature nurture argument if you're you know if you're you know in a bad situation you're you're quickly forced you know mm. uh, you're quickly forced to learn things you know um but yeah don't 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 stress out i think you've done well so <laughs> Let's, let's just hope everything goes like you know smooth and sailing anyway so i've got like you know like i've got like two questions i actually have four questions left but like i know you've already like uh, screwed up the time here <laughs> but like you know who cares you know what, so is, the that's time? what is the time so far it's it's been more than an hour i think okay so i mean well, it's fine it's it's no big deal wait, like wait, it's fine. Look, I'm happy to finish your questions or if you want to keep it short, I'm open to both. So whatever you No, want. I mean like I'm I've got I, I have like questions to ask you, but I'm also like you know It's like your thinking. podcast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's you, just let I'll just go I'll just go ahead with the last like couple of questions basically like because I'm I'm I need to like reduce the time. <laughs> just no other choice. Cause uh, yeah. Because we keep talking like this for like you know for hours and hours and hours, you know that's that's the thing basically. Well, I hope I hope it was insightful. And, and yeah, I'm I'm sure like if if I think if hundred people listen to this, I'm sure like I'm sure this is gonna be like at least one person who's gonna come out thinking like this guy changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that'd be an honor if that happens, man. Maybe maybe wow. it's that guy in Germany, you know. <laughs> the guy in Germany. You mean, the guy, you mean the guy you paid to listen to? <laughs> I, I wish if it was that simple, I would probably pay so many people. Like, tell me how much my how much what's the cut? Tell me that. I'll give you it. I'll give it to you. Just tell me what, what it is. You could be. Anyway, you, you could be the narcos of podcasting. Exactly. Just need to like call up Joe Rogan and like be like, all right, bro. Joe, bro. <laughs> how many how many viewers do you need? Maybe that's like shooting for too high, but you know, it's, it's fine. Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, I'm all yours, I, please. 
All right, I've got a question for you. Like you've been you've been in a relationship that's lasted for a very long time, but like I want I want you to tell me like based on your experience, like what is what's the secret to having like a a long lasting relationship? What 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 is it? Like oh, that's a tough one. I think that's really tough for me to answer. I'm not in a position to answer it either, to be honest. So um. If I were to take a stab at it, uh, also wrong choice of words. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, based on the current context that the world is in. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's you know, it's also very fragile that bit. Not just globally, because obviously that contract has changed, right? You you go to work and you don't live together the whole time, right? So it's obviously. strain that kind of implicit understanding you have with somebody um and a lot of people have reviewed that and being like you know what it's not what i signed up for in a way right because it's not it's not what people signed up for it's it's a very it's a very different thing to do you know you can be living 24/7 with somebody and working you know and taking care of you know kids maybe it's a different thing but i don't know i'm 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 not in a position to answer that but i think if i were to say something it would be the only thing would be like um um looking i don't know yeah pass pass on this question to be honest it's yeah. tough one it is tough because there's so many different ways and uh, you know i i just i don't have I'm still too young to, to comment on it. Really, I I really do. I don't know. You're too young. You keep telling me that I'm too young to understand anything, and then you're like, no, no, you... I'm, I'm too. I'm no, no. Well, maybe I'm just pumping my. <laughs> hey, always got I'm, the big cousin I'm brother just, wife. I, I just don't know enough to comment. I mean, I don't know anything. I I will frankly say I don't know anything about anything. Just to be fair, these are all just kind of thoughts in my head. I, I'm not an expert in anything. I just uh, uh, but uh, but you but you had like a relationship that's like lasted for a long time like you know what it takes to like build a long lasting relationships and I've seen people like you know they like like you like you know some of the most um, you know nicest people on earth who've been in a relationship for a long time and you think oh it's going to you know it's probably going to work out and you know it's going to happen and you know this life is going to go this way and then finally when you realize that oh maybe it didn't work out that way and then you're like okay um i didn't see that coming and then like you're thinking like you know okay so then if this didn't work then like how what what do i have to change about myself you know is there something that i need to change about myself because i've not i'm not like you i've not had like a long A, a really long relationship you know so for me like i have had relationships that have lasted for probably like a few months so my understanding of like a, a relationship is like uh i i would say it's like not at all at the same level as yours in terms of like you know in terms of like long jet longevity or something but in but i've always wondered this you know like i see people like you know living together for like 40 years and also like my parents or your parents or whatever but like you know what is it like you know is it is there some kind of sacrifice that you got to do is there is it like is it about sacrificing or is it about well, yeah definitely, definitely there's a give and take on it but there's there's a cultural aspect to it too you know mm. Indian culture and, and marriage and 
it's 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 much more different than the West. I mean, marriage as an institution is slowly disappearing in the world too. Like, not not too many people get married anymore. Like, the institution of marriage is not working in our generation. People stay together for a long time, but they don't get married. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's very much similar to the the social contract. But argue the the theme of this discussion is where this is what it is. It is how much do you give up for a mutual kind of optimum balance for 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 down the road, right? But there's so many interests now in the world. There's so many opposing uh, conflicts. There's a lot of personal interests. It's it is getting harder, especially again, like this, this thing just showed you, like it is getting harder to fit the role of what it, that should be. That's why I'm having a tough time answering it because I understand, yeah. People have casual relationships. People have been with each other for a really long time and they have casual relationships. They're with other people, you know, as well. Uh, you know, the concept of the swingers thing or the concept of, you know, taking just even like uh, ladies in the West having their own bedroom. They don't sleep with their husband. They just, they, they want to, they just want to sleep comfortably by themselves. There's many things or like, look at the new, not the new trend, but what I think is like a lot of people get dogs instead of kids. They don't want kids. They want, the dog is, is a bit, it's still hard work, but I think dogs are going to be the new kids. Like, you know, a lot of women don't want to have kids either, you know? Um, I've come across a lot of women who don't want to have kids uh, and they prefer to focus on their career. Of, of course, some do. So it's, I don't know, it's a very difficult thing for me to, to position. You know, those are the reasons. You might say I've been in a long-term relationship, but it's the only long-term relationship I've been in. I'm sure there's going to be some, something down the road for you in the future. I'm, there's something coming up. Like, you know, I can feel it, you know. You're going to be bouncing back and you're going to be like, I'm in. Like, you're you're post up. <laughs> no, I just got hope with you, you Varun. Like... <laughs> if, if, if I was sponsored by Shadi Rakha, I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast with you. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's, it's the new age of marketing. I, you know? I, I'll, I'll probably be like... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure there's something down the road for you, man. Like, I, I can, I can nah, see don't it. Don't worry about it. But, uh, it is, it's, it's... Yeah. Life plays out. Life is mysterious. It's, you know... It, it, so I've got... I've, uh, yeah, and so, like, moving away from that, like, I've got this... This, this question is, like, something that, like... I think I've I've i wondered about you. I've, I've wondered about this question a lot. I've been wanting to ask you this question a lot, which is um, like you know you worked in like different countries, right? And you've so you 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 do have a sense or you do have an understanding of like you know you've seen different cultures. You've you've have an understanding of different places. Like I haven't traveled to so many countries as you have. You traveled to so many countries and uh, you've seen so many places and you've like you know stayed in so many different places like that i've never like could ever imagine staying in and you know but also at the same time you're of like you are of indian origin at the same time you know so how much of that has like how much of that indian heritage how much of that has like actually influenced you in um, throughout your life save the more hardest questions for the end eh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get the easy ones out of the way <laughs> 
now that I'm very, very hard question. And it's obviously influenced me bigger than I thought. And mm. coming back to India after 20 plus years really kind of reinforced that, no? I mean, I think, I think we've still grown up with a lot of Indian values as much as, you know, exposed to the very humble and fortunate and really very humble to have had that experience. But I do think the Indian values uh, have shaped culturally who I am, you know, and I think, yeah, I don't think you're going to change that from somebody and I, and I think it will always be there and uh, how you interact with people. Like people, basically. yeah. And I think, I think that's not going to change as much as you think I wasn't actually I have and it, it's it's it, it's biases that are inbuilt when you when you grow up right and you, it's very hard to know that rationally you know I was just yeah. ta- I, I was talking about this actually with my like I was telling this to my mom recently where when I grew up as a kid right even though like I grew up in India what's funny is that like you know even to this date like I don't know any Indian language properly so like if somebody asked me what my first language like i'm not that good in malayalam i'm my no. malayalam is not, no, no no my malayalam okay. i can like I, I can talk in malayalam but my malayalam is not that great so but you know my hindi is okay my hindi is okay it's good but at the same time like i i can have a conversation i most ideal customers in hindi but the thing is that you know my first language is like english so when i grew up all my in like the people who I was inspired by were people like all from the West. It was very less, like very few people. I, I was inspired by very few people in India growing up, you know. So it's like, you know, I was just thinking about this and I was like, you know, I also grew up with a lot of certain biases. It's weird because you grow up in, in one country, but you actually end up like you're, you know, you end up idolizing and loving people from other places, other cultures you have absolutely no idea about. Yeah. And then and so there's there is a bias that creeps in and people see that bias you know sometimes like when you interact with people and all that sometimes they'll be like you know you know why don't you know this or why don't you know that you grew up here why don't you know this and stuff like that yeah. so it's like so that so that happens to you you know so you don't know how to deal with it and sometimes you're like you know you want to like you want to show that you are that you're just as you know like you know fun as them or just as interesting as them or just as or whatever it is you want to show that and you want to be as engaging as possible as you can with people and like you want to be as kind as you can to people but then you know there's this nature that comes inside of you that's like you know i just feel like saying what i feel like saying you know i i don't want to keep anything like uh hidden basically you know mm. and there's a place that that it comes from you know i grew up with even though i grew up in this country it's it feels like sometimes that you know a lot of my inspiration came from outside you know and uh, but there's obviously like that doesn't mean that you know uh, that i'm that that i hate being indian or something like that it just means that uh, you know like i've had like you know i've that i've taken inspiration from people all over the world and you know it's not about being indian it's just about there are people around the world that i take inspiration from and people just and i'm and you know it doesn't matter about what ethnicity they are or what race they are or where they come from it's just that people like you know people inspire me and you know i like that and you know it's 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 just a perspective that i have basically i mean i guess i guess that's it you know? 
I mean, at the same time, you can't be like you can't really go like you. I mean, as much as you like to defend your culture or your people, there's this thing inside of me that keeps telling me that you know, like you know, just be open-minded, just be free. Don't think about yourself as this. You know, you, you are more than that. You're more than something else. You know, you're like you know, if somebody tells you you are that, you're probably you're probably not, it's it's probably false. You're not really that. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, is that making sense in some way? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, it's there's it's it's complex, right? The inputs into your cultural association versus your nationality versus your allegiance to a country versus you know how you act—they all could be independent of each other. That has nothing to do like the idea of the nation-state and you being. Like the where are you from question is 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 getting harder and harder to be like I'm from here and I, I it does it, there's no one size fits all so you're absolutely right there's there's no one size fits all anymore there's just no like I mean I see people like I mean now I've been seeing so many like this is another question that I wanted to get the next question which is like you know a big question like I don't but you know it's kind of I don't know I I don't know if you laugh at it but it's like like you know i've been seeing a lot of people like in the west and all stuff like like getting so interested in spirituality nowadays you know they're so into spirituality they are like you know it's like it's it's become the new you know like i don't know what like i don't know the new trend basically i guess in the west where you, people just you know they they hear this person talking about mindfulness and um, consciousness and all the stuff and people are like you know they they just like they just like hooked you know just like that you know it's almost as if they become horny so fast you know it's like crazy <laughs> but like it's just the feeling i get different folks huh yeah i mean like i mean it's just crazy bro i mean it's yeah so i guess like you know what's like are you a spiritual person like are you somebody that like is spiritual or I mean there's there's a difference between spirituality and religion but like uh, like you know a lot of people I think in the west it's become cool to say that you know I'm I'm not religious I'm not religious but I'm spiritual you know oh, I don't right. Yes you're right and I think it's the dis- it's so polarizing and it's so mm. hard because the ethos and culture in you know in, in southeast asia is it's it, it's kind of harmonious right you practice mm. spirituality it's part of the being you know and i think that's so empty here they have capitalism which is so empty of any kind of understanding of mindfulness or or the soul or whatever whatever those concepts related to and again i don't know much about it because i read philosophy I don't know much about spirituality so not in a, I'm not in the best position to comment but I think because the gap is so wide that they're like they need to latch on to something to to ground them to balance it but to answer your question for me um I mean I try to live well and be here now and simple things to, to declutter your life but I can't say I'm a spiritual practitioner or anything i'm not no yogi i'm not meditating to higher consciousness <laughs> and no samadhi and stuff like that definitely not. but uh trying to be balanced about it right not 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 to eat 
too much, not to be a glutton, not, you know, treat people well, don't lie. Um, simple things that I think can form the basis of spirituality. But I mean, in terms of what I've read, obviously, I've read a lot of Buddhist philosophy. Um, mm. and, I've, and, and obviously, I think, not obviously, but I think it's something that resonates with me, something I can understand. But I wouldn't say I'm a spiritual person, but I, I, I do think there's, let's put it this way, there's different ways to look at that than the philosophical or religious aspect and, and the stuff I mentioned, like simple habits, um, you know, of, of, of kind of living well. But then again, you can make the argument like living well is somebody else's version, right? I mean, it's not. So I don't really know. So whatever, I'm not going to say whatever makes you happy because it's relative, but I think some sort of intuition or guidance is needed at the end of the day, right? You, you do yep. need some sort yeah. of guidance. So wherever you get that from, you know, as long as it's not uh, overpowering you to be standing out there preaching to other people, then I think you're living in the lives of, you're living in that kind of, you're living in that that moment where that, you, you yeah you in that space because the one thing i would say is like what i've come to know one thing your from your earlier question on lockdown is that the human mind thinks about the past or the future constantly you're constantly living those two realms right it's very hard to disentangle that and live in the present right and i think the more aware and the, the mindfulness thing is actually is not it's a it's a problem because your past creates your future self so you look back for, for clues and then you're constantly thinking about the future of what's going to happen so you're never like looking at it now so i think you know live in the moment or you know be here now whatever those things i mean they're really important they're very hard they're very hard to to do actually so i think and i found it in different ways right i found i mainly find it through nature um that's my kind of take on it because all my trips are nature. I disappeared to the mountains, it's the forest or whatever, silence, nature, um, the cycles, you know, that's kind of, that's, if you want to look at God and what God like is to me, I mean, that's God to me in a way, because I don't, I don't, I don't know what God is. It could be an architect, it could be whoever you want. I don't have a version of what it is because I'm not that religious, but, that's the closest I think I would associate that question what it what it is to me I and think I think uh, what's fascinating about like I mean the thing is I just got into like it's been like almost a year and I've gotten really into um, spiritual philosophy like you know I mean basically any philosophy that I find interesting like I I started listening to like stoicism I don't know if you have, have you heard of stoicism yeah, yeah, it's, it's very it's stoic, trendy right? topic <laughs> it's like I've been I've read the letters. I've read Marcus Aurelius. Not Marcus. Uh, who's he's that? Got that? He's got meditations, right? Meditations Medi- by. Yeah, meditations. I've read bits and pieces of it. I haven't fully. Um, yeah, I haven't fully dabbled into it, but. That's yeah, good, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of value in I, I feel like in spirituality and ph- philosophy, like you know that you can actually implement in your daily life. I, I feel. No, like, for sure, know, for sure. For sure. Okay, so I have one. There's a there's a, there's one last question. This is probably right. like we can we can end it on a 
on a slightly happier happier note because okay. yeah so like um, the hard questions by the way those are very hard questions this is, this is probably a very easy question like what were your what were your best memories growing up as a kid oh that's such a hard question what hard. it's probably it's got to be easy there's so many though i mean that's the thing i mean what like just you can name the ones that 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 time when we that that time when we went to Vega land <laughs> remember that man, that was intense man <laughs> that was crazy that you, was you, crazy you you went like you were like so excited that day you just wanted to like go on every ride that day and that you know you, you can't crazy. left me man i was like i was like where the hell do you want to go i got a, i got a great experience that's that's reminiscent to you it was uh, it was really fun too it was the Kochi times uh, in Kochi at your house where you lived in that valley and we I walked down and I did this um, huge bomb in the valley it was so good what? Uh, which, which house? which one was that? it was the, the one in uh, Kataribag or the one in uh, I mean the one where, where my dad, when my dad was in the navy or the one that I'm in right and, now yeah and well you were too young but Ask your parents, but there's a valley that goes down from your house, huh. and there's there's a thing, and I and I bought these firecrackers. And oh my we had god! A, man, I was like oh, all the crazy bro. firecrackers from India, the mega bomb, you know the one. And you like, and you burst it, like you you, yeah, you yeah, threw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, burst the head out of it. Dude, oh man, like so it's such a bad cousin brother. <laughs> that bomb was so loud; they got complaints. They're like, "What is this guy doing?" <laughs> the whole, like, all the navy guys came and complained. Like it was like a huge bomb. It's like oh, these guys are the same guys who you know burst crackers. You know the house next to us. It's like you know, yeah, and the other ones are complaining. Bad. I mean, this is one of those illegal ones. Like, like they don't. <laughs> it's the ones that are not available. I, I, I don't know how I found it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that experience. I give you. Diwali in Dubai, which was really nice as a kid, you know, with all like the lights and candles and people coming over. I also remember going for picnics in in Dubai with uh, with uh, family and friends and doing little walks. Um, oh, there's so many though. There's so many, but those two, I, those two are good, good, uh, good experiences. And I remember even you. I took you to the. Smiling contest. We won. Uh, Smiling. When? When yeah. was that? I don't I remember know, any of this. Ask your mom, but I took you to. I took you when you were yeah. a kid, and to this play fair, like the, the the and there was a there was a smiling contest, and you won first prize because I created. Oh, I remember this. I remember this. This is like a big story, you know. People were like, "What? What?" I remember my mom telling me this. Like, you know, that's like the only like you know the only competition you ever won, the smiling contest. <laughs> like, you know, like. But after that, I I, I won a lot. Of, I won stuff after that. Also. No, you, you. I need my yeah. list. You've won a lot. I need my listeners to know that. <laughs> That's something. You won the smiling contest, man. <laughs> I've done the best yeah, smiling cool. baby out there. Trained yeah, I was the best. Movie. At least I was. Yeah, wow, man. And like, and I can't <laughs> well, imagine how. I, I actually still remember. I was very happy, and we were dancing and. Um, they were really good. They were really good memories. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more, but I think those are, you know, those are good ones. All right. So on that note, let's. Thank you. Thank you.
Let's end this. Let's end the podcast, Varun, because I've I've really enjoyed talking to you. Been a you've been an amazing guest, and you know I really want you to come back on the podcast if the podcast oh, survives. Wow. <laughs> oh. Alright. <laughs> okay. No, you know, I'll be I'll, the, the next time. The next time I call you, don't worry. I'll uh, I'll maybe I'll pay you some money that day. I have to crack these. I have to crack these lame jokes in between so that people realize that you know that I'm not taking it that seriously. So Just like, send me uh, some amul butter. Okay, cool. Amul what butter. else? Uh, do you need anything else? <laughs> like you like coconut chips as well <laughs> coconut oil yeah coconut oil okay coconut oil and i want you to virtually massage it in my hand all right that's good as long as as long as you pay me the money to do that then i'm then i'm completely fine with doing it oh wait now it's going to me paying you <laughs> yeah cuz cuz you want me to massage you right you want me to give you and a virtual massage carolyn style even that even even that even that's cost money varun even that like even that's like you know that's got a it's got there's got to be a hole in your body or wallet you know if you want that virtual massage at the same time <laughs> there's a hole in my head after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's also that <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you very much i'm joking right. it was very tough but i hope uh, i hope it is interesting i mean i did ramble on You know, it's the first time I've been listening so much in this podcast. Like you, you've been given, you've been giving so many like amazing, interesting, in, you know, insights into you know various things and all stuff. And like you know, it's actually like it's been a, it's, it's. I'm very shocked to myself that I've been listening so much. You know, and you've done that for me again. So it's a I'm hard skill to acquire. Trust me, listening is a really hard skill to acquire. I think it's probably one of the hardest skills for me at least. But I like, like I said. I hope you found it interesting. It's a collection of my thoughts and that I had a lot of time to think. So they're all interesting things and you know it's a good way f- for us to well a keep in touch and obviously exchange ideas which you know I think is always good. So that's why I keep telling people let's talk more. Let's let's interact more instead of like you know staying in one corner. Anyways, all right, let's let's end the podcast. Thank you so much Varun. And we'll see, see you guys on the next episode.